The Roundtable. Brought to you by The Simple Investor, making the world of real estate investment simple. The Free-For-All Roundtable, round one. On round one today, let's introduce all the players. Christy Blatchford is here from the National Post, and of course she appears twice a day on News Talk 1010. Dave Trafford is with the Canadian Council for Public-Private Partnerships. MPP Yvonne Baker from the Liberals is here. And Jerry Agar from the Jerry Agar Show, 9 to noon, right here on the Mighty 1010. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Morning. 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 All right. It's, uh, it's not the end of the world, but I think a lot of people feel this is how politicians behave, and this is how politicians treat the people they're supposed to serve. There was a meeting last night at John Fisher Public School where parents wanted to air their concerns about a construction project next door. The school trustee responsible for the area was caught by one parent playing Scrabble on her iPhone, and when we asked her about it, she said... Well, we had a a very important meeting last night, a very tense meeting. Parents are very concerned about the construction that's going on next door, as they rightly should, because there is a huge development uh, going to be abutting our playground. And were you playing a game on your telephone? <laughs> I was listening to every word the parents said. As a matter of fact, I called the meeting. I spoke several times at the meeting. Uh, I did bring out my uh, cell phone at, for about a three-minute period. They, there was a lot of tension in the room. There was a lot of screaming out. And I find that if I focus on Scrabble for a little bit, it helps center me. I, all right. that, that was all I did, and I, if I offended anybody, I apologize, but I can assure you I heard every word, and it's important for me to listen to parents. That's always my favorite apology, if I offended anyone. Christy? Oh, honest to Pete, don't you want to just whack her upside the head? Really. Uh, first of all, she'd be the only person in the world who actually uses a phone as a calming device that I know of. Everyone else is hyper all the time and on their phones. It's not just school trustees who do this, but she is a public servant. This is a huge issue in her area. And even if she's that rarest of birds who can multitask and hear every word as she's playing Scrabble, the appearance of what she was doing also matters, and it appeared as though she was blowing them off, as it were. And I, I think it's, a, and she's, she's full of shite. Frankly, she's not admitting she was rude. She's not admitting any of it that everyone saw with their own eyes. I mean, just say you're sorry and you goofed up, but don't, you know, use it as a centering device. Okay. Sorry, I wasn't paying attention because I just got... Um, oh, of course. No, you eight. can multitask. I got an eight. Oh, I got 16 points. Excellent. <laughs> okay. Sorry, I'm playing Scrabble while we're doing... I All heard right. the beep. Yeah, Yvonne Baker, you're the politician here. Let's face it, I've been in the galleries. People pull things out in the house. Um, can you... Uh, do, <laughs> Whoa. Do, do you... You've been there, but times I haven't been. <laughs> I think I missed that, too. <laughs> I'm going back. That's a different public deputation. <laughs> can somebody multitask, play Scrabble while actually paying attention? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't think so. I think that um, one of my predecessor in Etobicoke Center was somebody by the name of Donna Cansfield, uh, an MPP there for a long time. And one of the pieces of advice she gave me was that the most important job of a politician is not actually to speak or to talk to people, which is often how we see politicians, but it's actually to listen. Because when you listen, you understand the concerns of your constituents, you understand their priorities, and you're better able to represent them. So, in fact, a lot of politicians, and I'm one of them, will hold consultations, meetings to hear from people on issues that we wouldn't otherwise hear about. So it could be the OMB review you were talking about on the show the other day. Um, it could be an LRT that's being planned in Eglinton in my community. I've had a, held a lot of consultations like that um, to do just that. In fact, the best ideas come out of those meetings. So the door-to-door 
uh, ban on door-to-door sales that, that you've covered in the past, John. That's a bill that came out of a seniors advisory group meeting. All this said, I think that she should not only be listening because it's a courtesy to parents, um, but she should be listening because it makes her a better representative. Yeah, in this era where you're going to get caught doing everything, Jerry, you just wonder why somebody would, would even do that. Well, because it's uh, condescending and rude and whatever other words you could come up with. It's disappointing that a person who's been a counselor or a trustee, rather, for this long uh, has such disregard. But this also shows us how little attention we pay. I mean, this is a, a person who's been in the news before, by the way, for um, outrageous spending. Um, there was an audit at one point that wondered why nearly $4,000 in expense for a trip to Israel had anything to do with being a school trustee. And and $28 cookies and, you know, that kind of stuff we always complain about. Well, she's one of those people. This is a whole situation, though, where if you walk into any one of these meetings, and it doesn't matter if it's city hall, anytime there's public deputations, you walk around and you look in, in the room and what's who's doing what. Typically, a third of the politicians in the room yeah. are looking over the, their, their chair. They're talking to somebody behind them, whether they're on the phone or not. So to suggest that everybody's there and locked in and actually paying attention to what deputants are saying, it, it, it's just not true. It just does not happen. Um, and now, whether or not they are on the phone or whatever the case may be, there's a complete level of distraction in that room. Now, I was going to cut her a break until... Until she spoke. Until she spoke. I'm thinking, you know, you have to remember that the whole point of this meeting was that you people aren't listening to me about this development. So to actually amplify that and be that uh, tone deaf, no emotional uh, intelligence, there's the real problem. Here's lesson one for politicians, I think, from all the time that I've followed it and watched it. And maybe, Yvonne, you were touching on this. Learn the skill of appearing to care. Well, or, or just caring, right? Well, I think, I mean, a lot know, of, I think sometimes fairness, asking too much. Yeah, no, but I think in fairness on that, I, mean, I think a lot of, I think politicians do care. I think I, I ran for office. A lot of my colleagues ran for office because they want to make a difference, right? And so there may be some who are appearing to care only, but I think certainly I'm speaking for myself. I'm there because I want to make a difference. Well, maybe that's the annoying thing, especially for those politicians who do care and do pay attention. I know there are a lot of fine people. And then you come across somebody who does something as blatantly disrespectful as this, and it reflects poorly on everybody. Two nuggets of wisdom, if I may, from Robert Turner. One is is that it is this sort of behavior from governing bodies which in part at least explains Donald Trump's election. The second thing is if you're a student at the TDSB today and you don't take your phone into class and go on it, you are missing a great opportunity to... (laughs) (laughs) Um, Kristen Wong-Tam says more of the money that is generated by development fees in the city's core should stay in the city's core because that's where we need to do the work. Uh, Dave, once again, it seems like downtown versus the suburbs. Well, it is, and this is a long-standing conversation uh, among them. And this whole issue around Section 37 is is an important discussion to have. Nobody really understands it. I don't think it's City Hall either. The idea, though, is that there's a fee attached to any development that goes on. The sad reality is Kristen Wontam's um, ward has more development going on probably than anybody else and that's her argument so typically they're getting more money the argument on the other side of it is folks out in etobicoke north york and scarborough don't have the benefit of that extra cash the city has to come up with a way of making sure that this stuff is is actually targeted at areas where it's needed as opposed to targeted at areas that generate it uh there's a mother in bc who's actually filed a lawsuit because her kids 
went to school one day and came home and told her they'd been through a native smudging ceremony. If you've never been smudged, and I have, it's actually uh, quite relaxing, amongst other things. Uh, I'm not a particularly spiritual person, but they burn sage, and what you're supposed to do is they hold the bowl out to you, and you waft the smoke over your core, you waft it over your face, you touch your head. It's, it's, I mean, it's you know like baptism with smoke. Uh, Ivan Baker, though, people would say that's an apt comparison. You wouldn't want your kids to go to school and be baptized by a priest. Why would you want them smudged? Right. I mean, I think that this is one of those situations where it's a really, it's a great opportunity to learn. I remember um, uh, visiting uh, Black Creek Pioneer Village as a kid on a school trip, and we were part of an Aboriginal ceremony. I don't know if it was a smudging, but it was an Aboriginal ceremony, and I still uh, still remember that, and that was a learning moment for me. So I think it's a great opportunity to learn about other cultures and religions. I do also respect the fact that um, some people wouldn't want their children participating in, in this type of ceremony, and I think the way to balance this or to solve this is for the board or the school to give appropriate notice to parents in the appropriate way, make sure all the parents know about it, and then if any parents have any particular concerns, it gives them an opportunity to say, you know what, I, I want my child not to be participating in this because it is a religious ceremony or contrary to my religious conviction. I went on the website of the school hoping to find the kind of information I wanted to have for the show today, and I couldn't find anything. It's a kind of a useless website, to be honest with you. Uh, and, and that was, what kinds of other things does the school do? Is this a parent reacting because uh, they took away a, a Christmas celebration and then put in the, I mean, that may be where she's coming from, but I don't know what they do, whether or not they also bring in other groups and religions and say, here's something else you should be exposed to, in which case I would want my kids involved. And the only other thing I would say is that the last time I was over a bowl with smoke wafting out for everybody, I was told it was illegal. Well, it's legal now. Uh, Christy, is this putting religion in school or is it exposing kids to Native culture? It's probably the latter, but I, I agree with what Ivan said. I think you have to make it uh, perfectly clear to parents, just as you would with anything else, and it has to be optional. And speaking personally, I've been smudged as well, as you have. I didn't find it nearly as cleansing as looking at my phone and playing a game. <laughs> but you know what? When we get down to City Hall, you'll take it back there in, in one of these meetings, and I you just think about one of the, uh, the local chiefs sat down to have his deputation. He started with a prayer. There was no question that he began his deputation with a prayer. If it had been any other denomination starting that with a prayer, there would have been an outcry because we were doing it in a public space. I don't, I don't agree that it's necessarily a learning moment. If we had told those kids, you're all going to be able to recite the Our Father by the end of this class, it would have been a completely different discussion. Yeah, and I thought schools were smoke-free. <laughs> um, can I take advantage of you being here, Dave? Because yesterday, of course, your organization brought the former Homeland Security uh, Secretary, Tom Ridge, to town. I spoke with him on the phone, and it was a fascinating discussion about how, uh, as one person said, they, we almost yearn for the good old days of a dirty bomb. The new terror is cyber terror. For sure, and uh, the governor made the point that we are, each one of us, we're going back to the cell phone in hand. There's an estimation that it'll be 50 billion uh, of these devices in hands over the next uh, 10 years. Each one of those is a point of vulnerability for us as far as cyber attacks are concerned. And they're able to, with the click of a mouse or the swipe of a screen, uh, a thousand miles away, perhaps uh, put at risk is critical infrastructure, uh, the banks, the hospitals, the, the grid, those sorts of things. And government, he says, and business, they're trying to keep up. It's almost impossible to, but there's just not enough. It's not a high enough priority for most government or business right now. And it's going to be a dangerous risk that we're all going to have to face. 
I would only throw this in as a bit of a tangent. Uh, you were talking to the governor on the phone, John, but I, I followed him before, and when I was doing talk radio in the United States, I, I had the opportunity to meet him and talk to him on the radio, and I really firmly believe then, and I believe now, had he chosen to run for president, you might not have Donald Trump Oh, if right you heard now. him yesterday, I would agree with you. Yeah, he, absolutely. very impressive. Yeah. Uh, Ivanka Trump wore a bracelet during the family's appearance on 60 Minutes, and I loved somebody on Facebook saying, uh, rich people sitting on gold thrones say they will be everybody's president. Uh, but she wore this bracelet, and then immediately after, a press release went out from the Ivanka Trump company saying, you can buy it for $10,000. Ivan, is that crossing the line, mixing politics and business? I think it is. I think it's important that you not profit from being in office and that you're not perceiving, you aren't perceived to be profiting from being in office. She and isn't I think, in office. And I, think, and I think that, well, I think that Donald Trump, by extension, would be profiting because this is his business as well. Well, Trump but is second, a brand. But Does second, he have to change but, his but name? But you also want to make sure that Donald Trump in making decisions about who's around him, who's present in the photo ops, who's participating in these interviews, is not doing it because he's motivated to help his daughter make money. He's motivated because it's the right thing to do. So I think the perception of conflict is, is an issue as well as potentially the substance of conflict, and I would say, yeah, it's a problem. Christy, the Kardashians do it all the time. Can Ivanka Trump? Not anymore. Uh, I agree with Ivan. I mean, there are very clear lines, or there ought to be very clear lines, and you don't um, hawk the things that you wore simply because you wore them on TV or you wore them on at a swearing in or whatever it is. I mean, she has different obligations. She's a smart young woman. I hope that she will learn quickly that she you just don't go hawking the stuff you wear because it was close to greatness or a great office. And you better be careful. The whole family better be careful about this. It's going to get them in trouble. suspect she'll be less of a problem than her father is, though. Yes, I expect you're right. <laughs> My thanks to Christy Blatchford, Jerry Agar, Dave Trafford, and Yvonne Baker. It's 8 o'clock.